and welcome to episode number 30 of the Who Am I podcast with the Southside Church of Christ. This is where we take the time to talk about our identity as Christians and what that means in a world that is constantly changing. This is Brian Dill, and here with me as always is the great Jackson Wells. The great. My yeah, mi- like my a mil- magician or something. Well, there's that. I'm, my middle name is Alexander, so uh, oh, Alexander there you the go. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay, Jackson, VBS is over. Mm-hmm. Camp is over. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Next week, <laughs> next week's gonna be a breeze. All I've got to do is take the youth group to Holiday World, take the youth group to the West Kentucky Summer Youth Series. I got to speak at an event. I got to <laughs> go to a conference, <laughs> and then I close out the week with the lock-in. It's gonna be a breeze. Oh next week. <laughs> man! Oh my goodness! You didn't even uh, give yourself a week to breathe. Now I will. I, I'm planning. You are next week planning on going to see Oppenheimer at some oh, point. I right, will. So there's right. going to be a little bit of breathing. It's 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 going to be a lot of fun. It, it really is. Next week is just just fun stuff. So well, good. I'm well, looking good. forward to it. Well, let's let's get this episode started. All right. So I've got some random facts for you, Brian. Um, Love it. Do you know what potophobia is? <laughs> I mean, I could take some guesses, but they would all be wrong. And <laughs> I, I want to hear a guess. I want to hear a uh, guess. Fear of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> P-O-D. Oh, oh. Fear of peas. <laughs> no, no. No. Two peas in a pod. No. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, no. One more guess. I'll give you one more guess. Um, <laughs> uh, fear of... Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't think of what it's called. <laughs> when people go live in... Uh, the, the Fear of biodomes. <laughs> fear of biodomes. I've never heard of that one. They specifically avoid biodomes. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Potophobia is the fear of feet, and people will. Uh, and it start. It's P O D. I don't know why. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, I guess because. I mean, it's pedestrian. It's you're uh, walking. You know, I yeah. think that has something to do with it. I don't know the language, but um, it takes its form in various ways. People can get angry when discussing feet. They just don't <laughs> like doing it, and for some people, it can be as detrimental as you don't want to or can't take off your own shoes and socks oh like Um, ever yeah and oh man yeah so that's that's a debilitating disease (laughs) yeah so (laughs) yeah you have to get somebody else to take your shoes off all the time (laughs) my goodness potophobia in case you needed to know (laughs) what do you think the record for the longest combined total of toenails is Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. So if anybody is listening and has potophobia, they're done. Yeah. They're turning this episode off yeah. right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Three and a half feet. <laughs> Combined. Right. That means all ten toes. Uh, There's a oh, lady no. in oh, no. California. Her name was Louise Hollis. And combined, 87 inches. That's gross. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, <laughs> disgusting. Yes. Disgusting. <laughs> I mean, what's the point of that? It's on average, 8.7 inches per toe. Uh, and I feel like, 
that has to be just because she wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World Records. I think it was. She saw uh, either a, a news story or something about it, and she started growing her toenails out because of that. But you can't walk around she, like she that. She <laughs> only would walk barefoot, or she would walk in shoes that were at least three-inch platforms. That way, her toenails would not drag the ground. That's so gross. Yeah. It is. It is. And I don't have potophobia. Yeah. It, it is just gross. It's just gross. Now, you can paint them and do all kinds of cool designs if they're that long. I guess. But, but they, if you see, doesn't it start curling? A little bit. That's yeah. just nasty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, staying on the theme with feet. Oh, this no. one's not. This one's not as gross. Okay. Have you ever heard of firewalking? Uh, well, sure. Like tribal, you know, run, right. going across, you know, proving your... Yeah. Whatever. So, um, firewalking. I can remember as a kid, I watched like this little like mini documentary on it, probably on the Animal Planet of okay. all places, maybe Discovery. I don't know. Doesn't matter. And they were talking about it, and there was the host of the show was going to do a firewalk, right? And they they like went into the physics of it, and you know, it's actually pretty easy to do. Not that I want to do it, right. and there's a reason. I mean, because we're really talking about hot coals, yeah. Right? It's not it, it's not fire. actual fire. Yeah, you yeah. you you make a fire, and it burns down, and then you walk across the holes. The trick is physically, it, it's fairly easy. You you can't walk too fast because if you walk too fast, you put too much pressure on your feet and your feet go into the coals, uh, contacting the coals yeah, really that's bad. violently and it sure. can cause a burn. If you walk too slow, then you're giving your more time, your foot sure. more time to contact the coals, thus leaving a burn. But if you rock, walk just the right speed, the Goldilocks speed, right. then you can get across the, uh, the hot coals without burning your feet. The world record for the longest coal walk or fire walk. The longest in length? Yeah. He okay. walked. This guy, his name was, I believe it was pronounced Saba Karekis. Okay. He walked 656 feet across burning coals. That's over two football fields long okay. of burning coals. That's impressive. Um, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah, again, again, why do this other than to just <laughs> simply be in the Guinness Book of World right, Records? Again, right. doing. Uh, the the few minutes of research that I did on this topic, <laughs> the University of Pittsburgh had like, uh, I, it had to have been like a, what, what's the, a, an anthropology course and uh, they were like right. going back, but there was like a website that looked like it might've been from 1996 and they were like, here, you can look at some of the photos that we did when we did this study oh, and there man. were like, so there were several participants that did the firewalk and they were like, no serious injuries were recorded. <laughs> I was like, yeah. They just didn't record them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last random fact. Okay. And it is also about feet. Feet. <laughs> have you ever heard the name Dave Hargrave? I guess not. I don't think I have either. It sounds very familiar. Right. I thought I'd heard of it before. But in 1993, his wife took one of his socks and sent it to New York to a smelly sock competition. What? Yeah. And he won. Um, <laughs> and it was said that his feet were so stinky that dogs wouldn't even approach the sock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he lost. He, he lost, but technically he won. Like he won I the mean, competition. That's, that's terrible. But like, yeah. His wife said that he would wash his feet and they still stink. Like that's awful. Like I, I, to get those jeans, there's nothing yeah. you can do. There's nothing you can right, do about that. Right. I can oh. remember getting out of basketball practice. <laughs> I still have my shoes on, and I'd get in the car, and mom and dad would be like, 
Jackson, what are you doing? <laughs> Your feet. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah. My shoes are still yeah. on. It's not like I took them off and then just. Um, uh, and so I would always get in trouble for <laughs> having stinky feet. And there was nothing I could do about it. <laughs> but thankfully. It's not I, that bad. It doesn't seem to be as bad as Dave Hargrave. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Those are, a, those are all the random what facts. What a random fact. And it just occurred to me why <laughs> you chose to talk about all these random facts. Like, you literally, as I looked down, I went, oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> so even if so, these random facts haven't been about feet, right. if you had potophobia, now you would click off. Because yeah, yeah. today's episode is about what? <laughs> Am I a foot washer? Yeah. <laughs> you hope. To goodness that you are not washing Dave Hargrave's feet. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, yeah, that's what the episode is about. Am I a foot washer? Uh, certainly, this is one of the more well-known incidents in the life of Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't can't count how many times this comes up in sermons and classes and podcasts and weddings. blog posts. Have you seen them do the foot washing at weddings? I've, yes. I, actually, I've never been to a wedding but I, where where they do that. Yeah. Uh, but I've, I've heard that they will yeah. do that at, at weddings. What do you think about that? I, I You know what? <laughs> We're going to get to that. Okay. Because I, okay. that's... <laughs> That's something that I that I kind of wrote down as as something to kind of discuss okay. a little bit. So so before we get into the ins and outs of uh, of what this means and everything, let's make sure that we understand exactly what took place. It's in John chapter thirteen, and I really just want to read a small portion uh, of the text to make sure everybody hears exactly what it says. Okay, so if you're driving along or listening, uh, however you're listening, just just listen closely. It's just a couple verses. John 13, starting with verse 3, says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Okay, so most of the time we read this passage and the verses surrounding it, and and we hear a lot said about servanthood. Mm -hmm. That ultimately is what Jesus calls his disciples to be, servants. Above all, they need to be servants. And that's great, and that's true, and, and, and this is a valid... Uh, example of of Jesus's willingness to be a servant, but instead of talking in more general terms like that, which I think we can do too often, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's important that we we focus on some very specific aspects of what takes place here in John thirteen, and so that's what we're going to discuss today is is some more specific details and what that means for us today, right? So here in John 13, we we have these guys go into a room, right? There's 13 of them, the 12 disciples plus Jesus. Right. Everybody in that room knew that everybody in that room's feet needed to be washed. Right. And every... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
and that, that you know that's not something we think about anymore uh, culturally different we have shoes that cover our feet and <laughs> right mostly mask the smell unless you get done with basketball practice and so, also masks the dirt yeah you know yeah they're walking around cobblestone streets and dirt streets i don't know if they had cobblestone maybe uh, anyway. i don't know if they were paving streets with right. it not as much but anyway the, their feet are dirty it is well known fact otherwise they wouldn't have had the basin in there to to be filled with water to wash feet with in the first place. Right. So everybody knows that their feet need to be washed. And every single person walks right past the basin <laughs> and sits down. And they don't wash each other's feet. <laughs> right. And I I'm, I can touch my toes, barely. And to think that somebody else would wash my feet, I, I don't want anybody to touch my feet because I'm <laughs> ticklish, you know. Which, in my research, weird foot facts, that's a good sign for health. I don't know. Oh, um, oh okay. But... <laughs> I, I, I do know that reaching down to touch my toes to wash my feet is a tedious task. So it would be nice if I needed to have my feet washed to have somebody wash my feet. Sure, sure. But nobody was willing to do that. Right. Nobody was willing to submit themselves or, or whatever to, to be in that position. Why? In general, pride. Pride was getting in the way of them being willing to be the person to wash feet. Correct, right. correct me if I'm wrong, but like servants weren't even required to wash feet, right? If if your servant was a Jew, mm-hmm. you could not force them to wash right. somebody's feet according to the uh, I think it's the Mishnah. Okay, and if I if I'm remembering that correctly, so yeah, it's a it's a very lowly job, right? And so it makes sense, like logically, it makes sense for nobody. Nobody is they're all Jewish. None of them are servants in the first place, so it kind of makes right. sense. Sure, but still, it needed to be done. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And what's also funny that as I think about this is. Uh, when you look at the other accounts, uh, you know, from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and, and the time leading up to when they got into Jerusalem, one of the things they argued about is who's the greatest? Mm-hmm. You know, who's mm-hmm. going to be the greatest in, in the kingdom when Jesus establishes kingdom? Well, I think it's going to be Peter. No, I think it's going to be John. I think, you know, whatever, however that argument went, mm-hmm. you know, and there, and this is like a constant thing with the disciples. We see this is a a regular argument that they have, and that's one of the arguments that they have before they walk in this room, yeah. and there's an obvious need, but you're going to have to humble yourself uh-huh. to be yeah. able to do this, it's to like, take care of this need. It's like Jesus gave them an opportunity. It's like, you know, John, if you do this, here it is. maybe maybe yeah, you will be the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but nobody was willing to. No, um, no, not at all. And the other thing that that we know, uh, as we know more and more about the culture uh, of the the ancient Near East, you know, many times they were sitting in such a way that they, you know, they didn't sit in chairs the way that we sit in chairs, the way that we're sitting in chairs right now. They they would sort of lounge, so they would have their feet very likely near the person right next to them who's trying to eat. Yeah. And I'm thinking, gross. <laughs> Maybe the reason it says Jesus got up during supper to do this is because he was sick and tired of <laughs> the stink in Man, his face. Judas's feet are bad. <laughs> I can't right. handle this no more. <laughs> right, right. You know, but one of the things that, that this whole incident really reminded me of, as we were thinking about this episode especially, 
was uh, the movie uh, Jesus Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever see it? I, I still have not seen you it. Haven't seen, no. You should see it. Anybody, if you're listening, uh, I, I would say this is a movie worth going to see uh, because it's very in- interesting to see sort of the rise and fall of that movement and what it meant to some people and and uh, how it really it did have an impact on a lot of people. But one of the things that struck me was there's there's a scene where there, this this little church in California is trying to figure out how to blend their their old tradition traditionalists mm-hmm. and these newcomers who are, for lack of a better term, hippies, mm-hmm. uh, and and all the things that go with that, you know. That, and one of the comments that was made by somebody, one of the traditionalists, is they're dirtying up our carpet. You know, they're making, <laughs> they're messing up our carpet. And and so in a, a later scene, they show up the next Sunday, and there's this line going out the door, mm-hmm. and sitting at the door, the guy who's the preacher at this church is washing these hippies feet right because they're walking around without shoes on or yeah. or, or yeah. At, at most they might have some flip-flops or something yeah and so of course their feet are dirty well so he's like okay fine if you're that worried about messing up the carpet i'll wash their feet off as they come in mm-hmm. and i love that because that's it wasn't like he turned this into some kind of ritualistic foot washing thing right. Right. that is some kind of highly spiritual thing he saw a need yes and he met the need yes and okay. that's really the point i think of what we read about here in um in john 13 absolutely right because uh, and and that answers to me i think that answers the question you were asking about the wedding mm-hmm. right like if you want to turn it into something symbolic okay i guess that's okay i mean i don't think that that would be i'm not going to say that's wrong i'm lighting a candle for sure but, i'm not doing but, uh, foot washing. <laughs> but I, I i'm just like i don't know that you know sometimes we we can take things that that jesus taught or did absolutely. and turn them into something more than it is absolutely this is a perfect example of see a need meet a need yes yes and and what a great example Jesus is in that regard. Yeah. You said see a need, meet a need. Indulge, indulge me for just a second. Okay, okay. In 2005, I believe it was March, the movie Robots came out. Do you remember that movie? The, the cartoon uh, yeah. with Robin Williams? Robin is one Williams, of the... Ewan McGregor. I think uh, uh, it doesn't matter. I think it's I saw a, it once. It's a great. I saw that movie so many times, <laughs> right? Okay. But uh, Rodney Copperbottom is the main character, <laughs> and he really looks up to this robot who's an inventor named big weld okay big okay. weld um his whole idea is see a need fill a need ah and okay. so uh the, the the universe in robots is uh, essentially robots theoretically can live forever as long as they get the parts they need sure to to get replaced and so on and so forth and so that's what big weld does is he makes parts for robots who are in need and it works out for a while until corruption and blah 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 come into the world and right now it's all about money and (laughs) planned obsolescence is happening you know and robots are dying (laughs) essentially it's it's a little dark but it's a really good movie okay and i think that a lot of what happens in that movie can be like happen in real life like we we read this text and we see like wow that servant idea 
Like, that's great. But then we end up, we do it for a little while and then we end up not doing it. Sure. Um, and so I, I, I love that movie and the idea of see a need, fill a need. Yeah, we can see a need and we can fill a need, but we've got to be willing to take action to do that. Um, right. And if we don't, then robots are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a lot, in a lot of ways, you know, you're, it's our, it's, you know, spiritual lives, spiritual mm-hmm. needs aren't going to be met. Uh, they're going to die off if we aren't helping people with physical right. needs. Right. You know, if we aren't meeting uh, those needs. And yeah. that's, I mean, it's just, uh, that's that's exactly the, the message that I think is trying to, that Jesus is is getting across to his disciples. Absolutely. You, you, you've got to set aside that pride. Yeah. You know, Stop, stop worrying so much about who's going to be the greatest yeah. or, or what it might mean for you to be the one right. to step down and wash off somebody's feet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, 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 God is so awesome because He doesn't in in the in the the way this is going to sound going to sound bad, but God doesn't care who you are. He cares what you He, he cares that you care for other people. Right, right, <laughs> yes. So it doesn't matter if you're the president or the the guy who is on the corner begging for something, you know, right. it doesn't right. matter who you are. Um, but if you can do something for, for somebody, if you can meet that need, then do it. Absolutely. After, Absolutely. after this incident, after the foot washing, um, of Jesus in the same chapter, um, in, uh, verses 34 through 35, this is, this is what it says. Jesus is talking and he gives us a new commandment, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And that's that's just inspiring. <laughs> uh, he, right. he washes their feet and then says, be like me, guys. Right. Be like me. And we know that we should love like Jesus, but pride is what keeps us from from doing that or there, there's there's some ulterior motive there's some corruption there's some sin or we've convinced ourselves that we don't have to meet this person's need but there is a deep-seated relationship with showing love and meeting the needs of someone else absolutely absolutely i can't you you can't possibly think that the disciples didn't connect what Jesus had just done with what Jesus is saying mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I understand that there's probably more of a gap than the amount of time it takes us to read from verse 5 to verse 25. Right. You know, but but still, uh, or verse 35, rather, still you know that that night's events, because of the conversation Jesus has with Peter there as he's washing their feet, and because of the way everything has gone in that room, they had to be thinking that he's talking about what he has just finished doing. Right. And and that connection is inescapable. So I think then the question that, that we want to ask ourselves, that we want to encourage everyone listening to, to ask themselves is, am I a foot washer? And I think we would say, I sure hope so. Yeah. Uh, because that's that's the example Jesus gave us. Yeah. You know, that's, that's then the command essentially that Jesus has given us in the idea of loving others the way he has loved us. Yeah. You know, the willingness to meet a need. Uh, That's what it's about. I think the modern equivalent would be, am I a gum giver? Am I a gum giver? Yeah. Well, we don't, we don't really have to worry about people's feet stinking. um, Okay. Unless we're at camp or something. Okay. Right. But 
we all go to lunch. We all come back, and sometimes our breath doesn't smell very good. Oh, oh, boy, I really <laughs> didn't know where you were going with that. Okay, okay. And, and if you've got the gum, be willing to share it. Share it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or an Altoid, yeah, or, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I mean, just... It, and and whatever the need is, you know, we've got to be willing to to meet that, you know, whatever it takes, you know, because a lot of times it is that humility yeah. that we struggle with and that pride that gets in the way of us actually meeting people's needs or assumptions we make about the people yeah. or yeah. lots of reasons, lots of excuses really is what it amounts That's, to. Exactly. exactly. Is what we give. Yeah. It's my last piece of gum. Uh, right, right. <laughs> All right, Jackson, anything more you want to say I, on this topic? I have nothing else. I hope I have made so many people uncomfortable talking about feet. <laughs> no, and we kidding. hope that uh, <laughs> if you have a fear of feet, uh, you made it through this episode. Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if you did, but uh, good for you if, if you did. <laughs> well, we want to thank everyone for listening, uh, whether you have a fear of feet or not. We appreciate your attention to this week's episode and we hope that it was something that is helpful to you in your growth as a christian and your continued growth in your identity as a follower of jesus have a blessed day